This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for All-Star 6 Season 6, Episode 6, titled Rumerican Horror Story Cover Girls. No, Coven Girls. My name's Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one frightening co-host. First, from the podcast pod, is my co-pilot. Please say... Hi, Manella. <laughs> I just saw Manella, girl. To Taylor... The Latte Boy. Hello, Taylor the Latte Boy. How are you? I am back, back, back again. Back again. We just had a very successful weekend at Pride 48, you know, uh, a community of gay podcasters, and we did uh, we did a live version of the show with other people, but now it's me mm-hmm. and you doing uh, yeah. the recorded official episode of the show. Tonight it's just about family. Yeah, tonight yeah, tonight it's just family. <laughs> Lori Lori's the crazy drunk aunt that you can't did you have to have a, a your you know the the Thanksgiving for everybody? Mm-hmm. And then you have to have the real family Thanksgiving because she ruined it, you know, by ta- going anti-mask or whatever she did, mm-hmm. you know? And so uh, and then Adam Salandra had better things to do. But uh <laughs> which is it's really sad. I seen his uh Instagram and uh, he has so oh, I've enjoyed things. his Instagram. He's no. he's getting ready to get married. He's having a he's having a good no, time. No, it's not a I, criticism. It's a, like I have no friends. It's like, <laughs> it's more it's more a commentary on you. Yeah, than it yeah, is yeah, on, yeah, on yeah, Adam. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like oh, he has so many friends and he's attractive <laughs> and they're all attractive, and I'm I'm sitting here playing Zelda, you know, <laughs> trying to find the tenth, you know, the, trying to find the tenth monument in Zora's mm-hmm. shrine. And um, it's a mess. My, my life is really – you know, it's so funny because my boyfriend goes and he does things and works. And then he he's like, what did you do today? And I'm like, I really – I felt like I just came out of a mental institute today because, you know, he worked all day. And then he did CrossFit and did this and did that. And I was like, I went to Hobby Lobby and bought products. And I, and I mailed a Magic Castle pass to somebody. <laughs> And I ate, I ate leftovers for lunch. Like and I took care of my kittens, but you know they kind of take care of me too. Yeah, that, that's what I felt like. I felt like <sighs> I have a hammer on my bed. Oh, oh, I have a hammer. It's the, it's the Why portrait. do you have a hammer? Because everything's a nail. No, because. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> because... No, because oh, I've, been, I've missed this. Yeah, I uh, I uh, been putting posters up and hanging shit and stuff like that. Like my bedroom. This is not my bedroom. This is an office. Is uh-huh. I ha- my, right now not by design, but, but there it, it does. I can see in the camera. My office looks very neat. But if you were just to turn it just a few inches, utter chaos right here. As I'm hanging posters and this and that and tools and stuff and. Uh, uh-huh hanging artwork and it's so funny because i feel like like i'm you know who's the who's the gay guy that cracked the code in world war ii and then they lobotomized him or whatever 
uh, uh, Turing, shit. Alan Turing. Right. You know, I feel like him when I hang a poster and it's in the middle and I use like fractions and math and calculators. I'm like, I'm like, I, you know, that that meme of like the, the a door with the equations over her head. Uh-huh. That's what I feel like right. when, I, when I hang a poster. And all I did was use a calculator <laughs> and add fractions. But it makes me feel right. Better. How are you doing? Uh, you know, it's the start of a new week. It's the start of a new week. Uh, I am doing well with work. We are back to having small support groups. So that was fun today. That was fun. That was fun today. I feel bad though because I'm, I'm co-facilitating with another person and I say to her, you know, well, you can, you can take lead on this mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll be second chair. Yeah. And then I, by the end of it, I have just completely taken over because yeah. it's all guys that know me. Yeah. And so they all want to, and there's part of me that I feel like it, it's, it's all, older gay guys mm-hmm. so they're all looking at me so i feel like it's almost like a boys club kind mm-hmm. of thing mm-hmm. and she's just kind of sitting there even though she's the same age as all of these guys well not the same age but it's for she's an older woman so there's part of me that and i feel like i keep apologizing for it and then i'm sort of like well you keep doing thinking to myself you keep doing it though so what does that say about me what does that say about her what does that say about society gender politics all of that stuff without getting into details but I, got, but mm-hmm. I, want, I want to pay you a compliment. Is uh, a, a friend of ours is, was going through a tough time yesterday, and we had to counsel him. And I, I brought you in because of what you do, you, and that's exactly what you deal with. And so I was telling the story to a, another friend who doesn't know anybody involved. Mm-hmm. And I said that I brought you in. And he said, oh, well, what did Taylor say in that situation? I said, you know what was really odd? Well, first of all, everyone should know I got this newfound respect for Taylor because at a certain point, this friend is, you know, emotionally breaking down and I start tearing up. And, um, and that relates to what, what happens. And so then my friend said, what, what, what was Taylor like? And I said, you know, it's so, it, it was, it was very interesting from that perspective because our reaction, because this person was, was very emotional. And um, our reaction as, as humans, I think, is to mirror that, our initial um, – not to be that emotional, but to at least uh, to, uh, to come back with compassion or something like that. And not that you weren't compassionate, but I, go, I said it was weird and it was sort of awesome to see him in this – like he switched into a clinician. And I said mm-hmm. he was compassionate, but it was also still very dispassionate. In a way that it was not, but I don't mean it in a bad way. I mean okay. it in like a no. I, I don't take it as a bad way. Okay. Yeah, almost the way a medical doctor. If a medical, if you go in there and the medical doctor has to tell you that it's cancer, you don't want the doctor to break down in tears. You know, right. so like, um, it was very like okay, this is a problem, and it was an, from an it was almost from an objective standpoint. It was it was actually very amazing to watch. And it, 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 but when you, I guess my question when you were first starting out. Was this something that you – did you tear up or do you still tear up do you, or do you, are you dead inside is my question to you. Uh, no, I am basically a robot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a robot who enjoys donuts. Uh, I had uh, – I don't know that I ever necessarily tear up. Um, I definitely feel for clients. Mm-hmm. I get angry at clients sometimes and I will definitely – like short of, you know, snap out of it. Mm-hmm. I I get very much of where – um, we call that, 
uh, in the office, we call that somebody's getting tailored. <laughs> okay. Only it's only it's my real last name. Um, and it's where there are times where I get so frustrated because I can see something that the client can't. And this is over often weeks and weeks of where I'm like, oh, my God, just do X, Y, Z. Like, you know, you're not figuring it out fast enough for me sort of thing. Yeah. But the funny thing is two weeks ago at my therapist, I walked out and I called um, I called my husband and went, well, I just got tailored. So now I know what it feels like because I got. Yeah, I got. the. Oh, the really? Yeah. Um, As far as like I had a couple of experiences when I was working in hospice care, when my all time favorite patient died Mm -hmm. i was very i remember being very you know i i worked with this woman for like two years Mm -hmm. where she had this very very slow decline and i just really liked her and i remember we were in the hospice care center with the family yeah and we're it was myself and the chaplain Mm -hmm. were sitting talking to her and talking to the family and at one point i just said thank you for the privilege of taking of letting us take care of your mom because it was all of our adult kids. And that was saying that out loud was like the, the lip and the eyes welled up. And then that was like, not that I was very like, like suck the tears back in. I'm like, no, no, no. And as soon as the chaplain and I got out into the hallway, I just lost it. Yeah. So hmm. I do sometimes have human emotion. It's rare. Well, but what's so sometimes funny, I do. But in, th- thank you for the compliment. Well, in that same phone call. Later, and then I was talking about how oh I go then because you were you were doing your live Pride Forty Eight show when I was talking to this friend, you were on the mm-hmm. air, and I had already found out that the, I thought the micro the recording I was doing of your end didn't work, and mm-hmm. so he I so I said oh I go I got to let me call you back in a few minutes I got to call Taylor and tell him that the microphone didn't pick up he goes oh how's he gonna take that I go just as he was calm and dispassionate. <laughs> Now yes. I have to be the calm one for Taylor as he, <laughs> as he loses his mind. Yes. I, I have literally held the hands of dying people yeah. over like yeah. 15 years. And yeah. it is something that I consider to be an honor mm-hmm. and, and has completely changed me as a human being. And yeah. hopefully I helped to better the lives of these people at the end of life. You tell me that the battery in my mouse is low. Yeah. I will have a complete full on meltdown. <laughs> yeah, isn't that weird? Isn't that weird? The different, uh, levels. It comes out for... sideways. Yeah. It comes out sideways. That, that's just the way it is. It sure does. Trust me. I told my boyfriend <laughs> today, I'm, I'm, that's, I go, it's t- official. No more fast food after today. Anyway. Oh, really? Oh, it's coming out sideways. <laughs> this week, the girls act their hearts out in a parody of American Horror Story on the runway. The Queens donned their best goth couture. In the end, Kylie Sonique Love was named the winner of the challenge while Curiosity Davenport and Raja O'Hara were placed in the bottom two. Manila Luzon was this week's lip sync assassin and went head to head with Kylie Sonique Love in a lip sync battle for their legacies. In the end, Kylie won the lip sync and named a Curiosity Davenport as the next queen eliminated from the competition and the next entrant into the game within the game. Taylor Vellante, boy, give me two things about the episode and one thing you did not. Um, I'd like to start with the thing I did not like. Sure. And that would be the goopery oh. of this, of this with everything from just the complete emotional manipulation of the girls during the, during the skit, during the mm-hmm. scene to, who was selected for the winner? Mm-hmm. Just so much of this is it's become so apparent 
watching the show through the lenses that I now watch it through after mm-hmm. doing this show with you, that this they're they're sending out telegraphs as to what they want you to think. Mm-hmm. And it, it pisses me off the things yeah. that I did like, and this, I could speak to this for the majority of the episodes so far. Mm-hmm. These have been some of the strongest lip syncs for your legacy that I think the show has ever seen. Okay. And while Kylie's wasn't one of the top ones, it was still a very strong lip sync performance it was a lot of fun to watch Mm -hmm. um something else that i liked was some of the looks were amazing i remember completely not liking this raja Mm o'hara and some of her looks this season have on her season but some of her looks this season have been completely amazing and i really enjoy it um so with me with mine they're very they they circle they're like like a venn diagram of uh, things here, but um, what I would say is um, the first one is Pandora Box, and mm-hmm. like what's funny is I'm not even a huge Pandora Box fan, but I felt that she really crushed it this episode. She was the strongest in the in the sketch, and for look, I can't say whether someone should win or not, and I think she should have won. But to not mm-hmm. even be in the top, to just be in the middle, to be safe, because her look was good, and the performance was so good that I was like, she should have been at least gotten some critiques and been judged. And even if she placed hind and win, okay. But mm-hmm. I thought, it, the, speaking of the goopery, I thought the goopery was strong with Pandora. Uh, and I'm not saying Pandora should win the whole competition. I'm just saying, in this challenge, she was the strongest. Also... Yeah. Maybe it's because of my love of Dracula. Maybe I don't know what it is. I think I also like the haunted mansion at Disneyland. Oh, I know I like it, but maybe because of that, I really liked the goth theme. Now yeah. everyone and actually my least favorite goth theme looks are where they they didn't re- they just wore you know black dental floss to cover their body you know but people who actually <laughs> uh, took it to another level or or played into the theme, I really like the looks. I just really am a big fan of the looks. Now, the one thing I didn't like, and we can get into this later, and maybe I'm getting to dangerous territory, but I feel like Kylie shouldn't have won this challenge, and I feel mm-hmm. like the show is dancing around this whole, because it's been problematic, it's had a problematic history with trans contestants, and so it's now overcompensating, and so I, I believe it or not, I have this opinion that to have to have such a low bar and low expectations um, is just as offensive, if not more offensive, to trans people. Than, and I'm not saying that that Kylie doesn't deserve to be there. And I think she's do, doing a very good job. She's she's definitely delivering more than she ever did. But she didn't deserve to win this challenge. You could have had conversations about another challenge or not, but this one. I don't know. It seemed like it was, I don't know if handicapped is the right word, but like they were doing her a favor. And, and, and cause you could have made a case that Ginger Eureka or Pandora should have won over, um, Pandora box. There was, there was very much a patronizing yes, tone yes. to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I would, I would, I would agree with you. Yeah. 
Um, all right, let's move on. After Scarlet's elimination, the queens congratulate Ginger and her win and examine the pulled lipsticks. After the count was finished, Jan and Scarlet were tied. This upsets Jan, who asks the other girls if she's too much. They tell her yes. Kylie thanks everyone for not placing <laughs> a single vote for her, and Ginger reveals that she almost voted for Kylie. With that, Kylie announces a renewed fire to succeed. Now, Taylor, let me ask you a question. Why do you think it is, and this furthers the conversation we were just having, that Kylie got zero votes to go home? She got no votes, even though you could have made an argument. And people, lit- Ginger literally said to her face, you were the weakest one. But she got mm-hmm. zero vo- votes. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I feel like there is part of it that they are playing the long game here and that nobody necessarily wanted to be the one to vote out the trans girl. Yeah. Um, I think that even even if their arguments were justified, I think there are people that are going to say that are, go- that are go- there's going to be name calling. There's going to be accusations. There's going to be where people are going to go through years of tweets looking for that one tweet that proves that, you know, what they think. But I also think that Jan and uh, Scarlett were pretty bad compared to Kylie. And I think that, you know, when you look at those three performances, mm-hmm. Kylie, yes, soft spoken, yes, kind of faded backward, but Kylie had that moment with Raja yeah. where she put her hand on her that we're seeing the quotes everywhere of the don't let your hurt yes. child make adult decisions or, yes. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that for some of them, maybe looking at the three of them, that was the reason why they decided to, to keep her. But I also think that there's a long game there of that, you know, they, they don't want to necessarily be the one that votes out the trans girl, which isn't a nice thing to say. I get that. Well, but it's- let, 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 let's explore in a different way in, in a more, uh, in a larger sense. In that, mm-hmm. I think uh, Kim Chi has talked about this at Roscoe's, where the queens are no longer competing within the game, but they're competing on a level where they're more really trying to win the fans afterwards. They're not trying to win the game, mm-hmm. they're trying to win the fans. And right. they saw what happened when Naomi uh, eliminated Manila, I, coincidentally the same lip sync assassin. Uh-huh. And they don't want that to happen to them because a lot, especially since they were, they're starting to dig the bottom of the barrel. It's not like, you know, on season two, Alaska, Katia, and Detox, they have goodwill to spare, so to speak, from the fans. Right. Right? Because they were already very successful in these seasons where these queens were on the verge, if not already forgotten, of being forgotten. And so their biggest fear is to be hated by the fans. They all want that redemption arc. You knew immediately in like All Stars 2 and All Stars 3 who these queens were. You didn't have to be reminded yes. who some of them were. Whereas yes. it feels like with All Stars 6, you know, as much as we make the jokes about Serena Cha Cha, that is something where you kind of had to be like, oh yeah, she was on a season yes. sort of thing. Whereas yes. that didn't happen with when you had, you know, people like Katya, Trixie, Kennedy. Yeah. You know, on, on all of those other All Star seasons before. Yeah. No, it's. And so because of that, they're much more concerned about their life, po- the social media presence post-show. And that's, in a way, kind of poisoning them. And that's what happens with Jen. And speaking of, what do you, way, yeah, go ahead. What do you think would have happened in that situation if there had been an actual tie? 
do you think they would have both gone home? Do you think like, I mean, have they even, this is the first time that we've seen this where there's a tie. So I think, I mean, this is where we get into the goopery. I think it can never happen because I feel they choose the winner of, especially in this one where it's so close. They choose mm-hmm. the winner based on who they want to go home. Like, we were just talking about All Stars 2 and the reunion on a live show. Mm-hmm. And Alaska says on that All Stars 2 reunion that she had actually pulled Fifi's lipstick uh, when she went against Rock or whatever. When she, was it, did she go against Roxy in that first one? I think so, yeah. And so. Yes, yes it was. Yeah. So, uh, that she actually pulled Fifi's lipstick. And uh, and I'm like, well, that's – I mean, Roxy deserved the win. That was a very strong lip sync, but Roxy just made it easier for the producers. They don't want Fifi to go home so soon. They knew Fifi was going to be, you know, the, a wealth of drama for the show. Uh-huh. And uh, it's the same thing here. If they have a tie, well, then uh, – because you could have – in this lip sync, if, if they would have chosen Manila, it wouldn't have been crazy. It was very close, no, I think, right? Not Manila. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, who, Kylie. Who went against... Yeah. Kylie. If they would have chosen Kylie, no. it would have been crazy. No, it was it was, the, it was the tie for Gingers. Who did Ginger go up against last week? Oh, you're right. You're right. For, against Mayhem. So if Mayhem had won, it would have been the tie. It would have yeah. been where... where so, oh, that, yeah, there yeah. was no way they were going to let Mayhem win because of the fact that but there was But if Mayhem would have won, it wouldn't have been the craziest thing in the world. She gave a very strong lip sync performance as well. Right. Right. And I think they just couldn't have that. Now, what would happen if um, there's a Valentina situation uh, where the person just shits the bed and now they have to do it to the tie? Mm-hmm. Um... I think the girls were right. I think they do a lip sync for your life. Yeah. You know? I think they do a lip sync for your life. I mean, or they go on track record? I don't know. Maybe they they include they it's it's a combination of the tie plus whoever the 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 tiebreaker is the person who pulls then Ginger get then it would have been Ginger's lipstick would have been the tiebreaker. Well, the reason you do the lip sync for your life, if you do it, mm-hmm. is ultimately RuPaul can just say, I'm the tiebreaker, and I choose this person. Sashay away. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Jan. <laughs> so she's there, there, and she's tied, and she flips mm-hmm. the fuck out. And I'm like, and it's a constant thing this season where they want it to be that they get, like, so next week, you know, uh, they're going to be very happy because it's. Everyone voted for uh, Akira to go home except for Akira. Right. So, um, but if like you get another vote, it's like, oh my god, who? I'm like, yeah, people are going to vote for you. <laughs> like, yeah. And they flip yeah. the fuck out. They flip. Yeah. Out. You you got lucky this week because you basically got like the character of Jan for your character. But next time there's a, there's something you're going to act the same way. And then people are going to vote for you and you're going to act crazy. It, it, there's that Instagram guy. And I don't know if this quote originates with him, that blacksmith. I follow him on Instagram. He puts the balloon art and does quotes. Yeah. And he has one where it says like uh, the effect to the effect of don't stress. If someone doesn't like you, you don't like everybody. Or don't don't worry if everybody doesn't like you. You don't even like everybody. And it's the same mm-hmm. thing. Is like, okay, see people vote for you. You voted for other people. 
Right. And you will eventually vote for them if you keep going farther enough. I don't it, it's it's a very weird psychology and I think I, I blame social media is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I mean, Excellent. On. I'm becoming an old person. Mm-hmm. The next day, Ginger struggles to reach the mirror. Next, RuPaul entered the workroom to announce this week's Maxi Challenge. It's an acting challenge. This week, the girls will play tribute to iconic actresses in Rumerican Horror Story, Coven Girls. In the workroom, the contestants sit down to divvy up the roles. They are as follows. I can t- I can tell you who everybody, the oh, character you can? played. I am almost positive. I okay. Think. Yeah. I'm pulling up the notes, and so I will double check your shit. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Ginger played Emma. Um, Eureka played Kathy. I'm just going by the name of the actress that, okay. that, that they played because that's kind of what they do did. Do you watch Akira this American Horror Story? Yeah. Oh, I watched know. the first couple. I watched uh, up until Freak Show. Okay. And then we just kind of got out of it. Um, Akira played Gabby. Uh, okay. Well, I know who the characters with that Trinity and Rod were playing but it was uh sarah paulson so it was sarah and i don't know if there was a second name angela oh that's right because she was playing the angela bassett character okay that's right okay um but that was a character that sarah paulson played both heads when she was a two-headed person oh i didn't know that yeah um and uh jan played leah Mm -hmm. pandora played francis yes uh kylie played jessica do you have this in front of you? No, no. I just remember because because American Horror Story Coven was, I think, my favorite season of the seasons that I watched. Is it so, a good? Is it, a, I, is it a good season? I, I, look, I don't like this Ryan Murphy. Look, and, and I'm not the only one. I'm not, and I, it, I, I've felt this way before. It's like he always has really good ideas, and the first thing, and they fall apart, and yes. that's pretty much every season of the of each of the even shows, Coven, yeah, and then eventually it falls apart. Coven kind of falls apart towards the end, but then it gets the end of it gets really good. Maybe I'll watch this season. Do you have to? Do you have to have knowledge of the other seasons? No, so no, I not for this one. And Coven. then a lot of the a lot of the characters came back for American Horror Story Apocalypse, where it almost became like a crossover thing. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. I didn't watch that. So, did, like so the, were, the last couple of seasons, a lot of the characters I think sort of crossed over. So, were there a lot of inside jokes about American Horror Story that maybe I didn't pick up on because I don't watch the show? There were a couple of them, yeah. Like the uh, thing where Jessica Lang, well, she was always drinking. Mm-hmm. Her character was she was the supreme, um, but the, she would do a thing of where she would control people by like spitting in her drink. Like it was almost this weird like voodoo oh. thing. So that's part, I think that's part of the reason why she always had the glass with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the famous thing with uh, uh, Francis was when she, she, they set her on fire and she yells, they said, do you have any last words? And she, Cause she's always wearing very fashionable outfits. Mm-hmm. And she said only one. And then she yells Balenciaga as they set her on fire. Oh, and the then that became cut. Yes, on the show. So that's why she went Mariah Paris Balenciaga because that was, oh, that was part of it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know it. You see, I didn't watch this coven, so I didn't know. Oh, that is so mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. So, so and some of the characters like the Kathy Bates character with the uh with the beard, that was actually on Freak Show, mm-hmm. but I and but they could have cuz but Kathy Bates was on her uh coven but she played uh marie laveau the old voodoo not voodoo priestess but the like the old witch from like the 1800s or whatever mm-hmm. that used to like torture people and 
So I guess they, I don't know, but it, it was, it, the, the, I recognized each of the characters that they were doing. And do they really Except have Leah a competition? Michelle. Did the, is Leah Michelle on the show? No, Leah Michelle was in, uh, she, I don't, if she was in a later American Horror Story, I don't know, but she was on Glee, obviously, and she yeah. kind of was playing the Glee character, but then she was also on Screen Queens, which was the Fox one, and she played, um, I think her name was something like Agnes or something like that, and she was, a crazy person. Do the witches really have a competition where they try and kill each other or something? Yes. The witches have a competition. Well, the witches have a competition because Jessica Lang's character is dying. Okay. And as she is losing power, the power kind of moves to another person. So they're all fighting to see who is going to be the next Supreme. Oh, you've told me way more. I, now I kind of want to watch that season. Yeah, no, and it's there. There are very cool things about that season. There are very cool ideas, but then it does what they all do. Whereas about the back, the back third is very like the, he completely doesn't know what he's talking about, and it just goes off the rails. But then uh, they manage to kind of bring it back to the end. So it it had a enjoyable ending. I remember that. All right. Well, Raja worries about her rocky past with acting challenges while Kiria feels pretty confident. Next, Angela Bassett appears on the workroom television to offer the girls some acting tips. Taylor, any big thoughts on everything that happened in the workroom? Um, by the way, I don't know whether to be impressed or embarrassed by you that you <laughs> knew all that. But uh, any big thoughts on, on what happened in the workroom? This Angela Bassett. Y- yes. Uh-huh. One of my all-time favorite actresses. Sure. I love her. I think Mm -hmm. she is a beautiful woman who never ages. Uh And I thought that, you know, I thought it they all seemed genuinely excited that she was in there. And she seemed to be having fun talking with them or sharing stuff about her craft. Um, And how much, how much of that was genuine and how much was that where they say, just say this. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But, uh, it was, I, I, I like, I think it would have been even more amazing if they actually, you know, Rue came in and said, yeah. well, we have somebody here to talk with you about acting, you know, in a, in a American Horror Story and Angela Bassett came in. Mm-hmm. But I know they can't do that because of COVID. Oh, yeah. That was – yeah, that that that's a big problem. It's a stupid COVID. I have to be honest with you. And I know Angela Bassett, but I haven't seen her in years because I don't watch American Horror Story. Some of the projects she does. I didn't know who it was at first – until they said, oh, it's Angela Bassett. Why didn't they put like some sort of title or would that be insulting, do you think, to Angela Bassett to write Angela Bassett on the screen? No, I think they did that with like Anne Hathaway and stuff, didn't they? Oh, yeah. So why didn't they do it with her? They were just like, and everyone's freaking out. I'm like, I don't know who that is. Because uh, <laughs> let's see, look, Mama looks great, but she's been a little, speaking of another Ryan Murphy show, a nip, a tuck uh, action. Going oh, on. I don't think so. Do you really think so? Well, she doesn't look. Well, I guess people age. I'm all. She doesn't look like Stella, and how Stella got her groove back. Well, that was 25 years ago. I don't care. <laughs> anyway, I want to talk. Speaking of, this is not speaking of it at all. This Jan, the day before, she's like, "Am I really that annoying?" And they're like, "Yes." <laughs> Right, <laughs> which was a great moment. Yeah, it was a great. Was an they all look moment. at each other and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." So she's like, "Oh, okay." The next day, they get the assignment, and maybe it's the way they edited it. She's singing and just, ugh. 
I, I was oh, like, I, I got that as editing with the singing and the and Akira rolling her eyes because Akira's character, mm-hmm. Gabby, was sort of rolling her eyes in the skit. So I'm sure that is a as they were rehearsing, they made that look like she was annoyed by Jan. Yeah. Uh, Not to say that she wouldn't have been annoyed by Jan, but I think that's what that was about. Now, look. Poor Ginger. She never gets what she wants. Last episode, she wanted the fucking motherhood, uh, the bit, and they don't give it to her. She's doing rock, paper, scissors, right? Then mm-hmm. uh, she wants to play Jessica Lang. That, that she doesn't get it. Rock, paper, scissors. Okay? So I want to know why Ginger can't get away. But the other thing is, I want to talk, because then I guess it must have been a thing the producers like. Because do you think Trinity K. Bonet really wanted to play the Joan Crawford role? I, Ginger is somebody, not Ginger, Trinity is someone this season that I, there's times that I really, really like her. Mm -hmm. And then there's times that I'm sort of like, what is going on in your head? Yeah. And I feel like this was one of these where she, I don't know if that's because there was more lines or Mm -hmm. what, but that was definitely something like, I can't imagine her playing Either of those characters, the Francis character or Joan Crawford. Yeah. That, uh, that would have, that would have been a complete disaster. It would have been a complete disaster. Now, to go back to your girlfriend, Angela Bassett, mm-hmm. conspiracy theory. I've heard this around. Do you think she was actually on live Zoom with the girls or some sort of um, camera? Or was it like uh, a producer, uh, fed her the questions, she answered them, and then told the girls to ask these same questions? Because she never actually directly commented. There was nothing that was any kind of personal reaction. It could have easily been nipped and tucked, so to speak. I'm going to keep using Um, I'm going to use that nip-tuck joke until it works. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. I mean, it could have been either or. I know that earlier this season was when... Wasn't that earlier this season when Anne Hathaway was on? Or was that last season? They all blend together at this point. It was last season. It was last season. season Okay, but we also... Well, we also know that Anne Hathaway is a huge drag race fan. So mm-hmm. she may have been more invested in talking to the girls and using some of the lingo and yeah. things that maybe Angela Bassett is just sort of, this was a paycheck. And so she's just going to do what she needs oh, to do should, oh, and, and get through it. I think it's a promo thing. If she got paid, it was minimal. Okay, okay, but that's what I mean. As oh, far yeah, as as far saying. as a, it, it, it was a job. It wasn't like like where they said, "Hey, do you want to go on RuPaul's Drag Race?" Because they're going to do it a, a Ryan Murphy thing. She was like, "Yeah, sure." Whereas I feel Anne Hathaway when they said, "Do you want to go on RuPaul's Drag Race?" She was like, "Yes, I absolutely yes. want to do yes, that." Yes, exactly. Now I do love though when they have a serious like Angela Bassett, as you said, you love her, is an amazing actress. Agreed. Oscar nominated. Oscar nominated Angela Bassett. I like when they have to play. Fucking a two-headed, you know, <laughs> a person or a bearded lady in a stupid mm-hmm. sketch, a stupid, stupid sketch. And they're like, how do you research the role? And I'm like, this woman <laughs> is an inc- – she's one of our, our our nation's coveted treasures of acting, mm-hmm. right? Yes. How is she going to give you any advice? And she has, she probably worked for months on Tina Turner. How is her right. ten, for, for so that you can make some shitty double entendre a hundred times? Right. What, what, do you think you're really doing acting here? 
Yes, this is not inside the actor's studio. Yeah. This is this this is just a you just push through and you say the dumb jokes. Yeah. All right. Any other thoughts on this segment, Taylor Volante Boy? No. All right. So why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break? When we come back, we're gonna jump into the rest of the episode and get out of here. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would I do for an extra hour in the day? I'll tell you, I want to write more. In a, in a, in a previous life, I uh, was a writer, wanted to be a writer, all that jazz, you know, wrote things. And then it seems now that a podcast, which is an, a, a great creative outlet, by the way, I just write less. And well, I do write a lot. I just, I don't know why I'm going on about this. I write less, I don't write creatively as much as I want to. Now it's mostly just writing about RuPaul's Drag Race or whatever's coming up for the show. And if I had an extra hour, I would spend it writing. And that's what I would do with an extra hour. That's what matters to me. But what matters to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. I have benefited very much from therapy, and it's helped me set priorities in my life. Hell, the reason I am a podcaster full-time is because of therapy. It helped me realize where my priorities were. And I benefited from therapy, and I think everyone can benefit from therapy, and that's why I think you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, it's designed to be convenient, it's designed to be flexible, and you can totally fit it in your own schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Drag Race today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Drag Race. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. All right, on the soundstage, Michelle Visage and Ross Matthews direct the girls in this American Horror Story send-up. The directors hate Ralph's, uh, Raja's voice. Akira needs more attitude. Jan needs to give more energy. Check. Eureka needs to give less energy. Finally, Kylie, Kylie Sonique Love struggles so much, so much, that Michelle Visage has to find the energy within her to go up in front of the cameras and show... You know you're in trouble with Michelle Visage. 
thespian. Thespian Michelle Visage has to get up and show you how to act. Taylor Lottie Boy, your thoughts on the filming of this means challenge. It was horrible. <laughs> Everything about this was just bad. Uh-huh. Everything is it, the manipulation of the where we're going to fuck with Akira and we're going to we're going to uh, something happened. I don't remember because it's been a couple of days since we've seen it yeah. where they tell Akira to like kind of bring the attitude mm-hmm. a little bit. And then they talk about the fact that she's monotone. Yeah. And then they commend somebody else because they're like, you're very monotone. That's really good. <laughs> Where I mean, they're, they're giving like the exact opposite direction to various yeah. people for various things. And I, I don't care for it. And the fact that they knew Raja had an accent. Yeah. And when she came in, they were like, well, the, j- try to not do the accent, but everything about it was just not great. okay. But it was, he- it was probably one of the worst skits they've ever done. Okay. Here's the thing. Raja was doing a dumb voice, okay, and mm-hmm. and Michelle and Ross had a problem with that, okay. Now look, ultimately in the challenge, whatever we think, Raja, I'm not Ra- Ross and Michelle are the directors, okay. Now I may completely disagree with them, but they are the directors, and Raja should have just done what they asked, okay. Mm-hmm. However, that said. I'm not sure Ross and Michelle don't understand this is not an actual episode of American Horror Story Coven, right? <laughs> and that they're doing a shitty send-up that you would hear on the opening uh, show for Pride 48 live streaming weekend, right? A shitty double <laughs> <it> entendre, <laughs> shitty double entendre-lated, horrible jokes. They Clearly an old queen wrote this because there's a uh, um, uh, Valley of the Dolls reference, like, <laughs> like, like, I was like, and I'm an old queen, so I recognized it, but, um, mm-hmm. but I was like, oh my god, this is hard. so the voice matched what, in other words, the cartoonish voice, it's a cartoonish sketch. Yeah. When you saw it in the context of the sketch, it did, it didn't seem out of place because it's not, it's a stupid, Sketch. It's camp. It's camp. You're right. It is camp. There was nothing wrong, but I think they needed to give, as we, I've said before, I think the girls are sort of pre-chosen how it's going to go down, you know, and they Mm -hmm. needed to justify why, why Raja was going to be in the bottom because that, that, and that's sort of the problem with the show. You have this Raja who really wasn't the worst thing ever. And you have the Kylie who really wasn't the best thing ever, but the show wants you to believe that both are true. Mm-hmm. And it's horrible. Okay. Now, um, what did you think when Michelle got up and did that acting scene? It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. It was, it was really embarrassing because, because she wasn't good. No, but she, she, would, she was what good. Kylie was doing was actually sort of better than what Michelle did. Those names she was saying too. I knew, like I said, there was the Neely O'Hara, which is the Valley of the Doll reference. Do you know who the other girls' names were? She was saying like names like Steve and Tom Tony. and Neely. Like there, there, well, there Neely O'Hara is no from way. yeah. Neely O'Hara is from Valley of the Dolls. So a scene when, um, what the fuck is that girl's name? I can't. Is it Patty Duke? I don't remember who it is. Right, Patty Duke. Yeah, Patty and Duke she, was in Valley of the Dolls. Yeah, and she and it's raining. And she goes Neely O'Hara, you know. <laughs> but um, 
then I reckon I was like, I was like, what? I was like, I mean, it's, it's, I thought it was funny, but, um, but it was just very, very strange. It was, I was embarrassed for her. Well, and I don't understand the fear of if Michelle Visage has to get out of her chair, then you know you're in trouble if she has to get Th- that makes no sense. That may, it's, it's not, it, this is not like when RuPaul said in Shakespeare, yeah. <laughs> you know, y'all are in trouble. Yeah. You know, this, I am not happy right now. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not Michelle Visage's best friend race. Why are we all afraid of Michelle at this point? In that horrible AJ and the Queen, the the girl, the villain girl with the one eye. What was her name? The one from Wayne's World. Tia Carrera. Tia Carrera. You know that 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 role was clearly written for Michelle Visage. She couldn't <laughs> even land a role written for her on that shitty, <laughs> shitty AJ and the Queen. She couldn't even get that role. She's going to teach Kylie Sonique love. How to act? Do you have any other thoughts on this filming of Maxi Challenge filming? No, it was it was clear the writing was on the wall who was going to be in the bottom, okay. and and who we thought was going to be in the top or a winner. Exactly, who they want us at least to think. All right, it's elimination yeah. day. The girls get ready for the runway. Kylie worries about her performance. Raja wishes her characterization was appreciated more. Trinity and Eureka talk about their showmance. Akira loves funeral homes, and finally, the queens discuss their experiences with the paranormal. Televate boy, your thoughts on elimination day? Um, I liked the whole Trinity and Eureka thing. Yeah. <laughs> It kind of came completely out of left field. Yeah. But it was, it was, it was enjoyable to kind of watch them be silly and, well, and to have fun. And- yeah. But also, I got to say something. I was a little inspired by the fact that Eureka just owns her motherfucking size and is like, I am big and I am sexy and it doesn't seem, sometimes when you see, um, uh, fat people say that, it seems like they're trying to convince themselves. Yeah. You know? But this one, you could, you could, just if you're picking up on the meta messages, I think Eureka really believes it, and I think that makes her more attractive to people. I think. Yeah, Eureka, Eureka is somebody that we got to talk to years ago. Yeah, where we got to interview her, and I know that she has been somebody who has had highs and lows in, within the social media yeah. and stuff. But she, I'm enjoy, I'm enjoying her a lot this season. I think that she's she's brought some really great looks, and she's been a lot of fun to watch. It, it's funny that you said that. It's something we've talked about on this show, but low key, and no one's making a big deal about it, which is good, is she is getting a redemption. Everyone's talking about the Raja O'Hara redemption, which is real, you know? Mm-hmm. But Eureka, because Eureka wasn't never seen as a villain. She was seen as annoying. She was Jan. She was Jan yeah. before Jan, right? So first yeah. of all, Jan is there. <laughs> too as a <laughs> contrast which makes her look better it's you know it's like when the like it's like if she was a fatter girl on the show it'd make her look thinner <laughs> you know like ginger probably like standing next to eureka you know but <laughs> but so <laughs> jan is that for eureka but also she is getting she is getting the redemption she and i think there's a part of it is genuine i don't and i don't even think she's trying for it i think it's just eureka feels actually referencing what we just talked about much more comfortable in her own skin Mm -hmm. and therefore and i hope jan gets there one day but not on my tv screen i don't want to see her again and um where you're like oh you know i'll say it this way 
I always found myself defending Eureka. I've never, there's no queen on Drag Race that I've interviewed more than Eureka O'Hara. And every mm-hmm. single time, she has been 100% professional, lovely, generous. Uh, she's a dream to work with. I can see why RuPaul World of Wonder like working with her because she is a pro who's very easy to work with. And, right. um, I think that we're st- now the audience is starting to see that side. And I think it, it's fantastic. Uh, well, a, a kind of using an analogy that we used on the Pride 48 show talking about All Stars 2 yeah. is I think part of this is growth. Yes. And part of this is where we talked about the fact that we saw Ginger, who was in All Stars 2, mm-hmm. and talking about the growth that we have seen in her since then mm-hmm. and how she's definitely i i would consider her to be a front runner yeah. for this season compared to where she even said on the all-stars 2 reunion we just finished season seven and got caught katya and her got called back mm-hmm. to do it so there wasn't an opportunity to really kind of grow as a performer grow as a human being recognize what this actually means this experience mm-hmm. jan is the ginger in this point she where is. jan it hasn't had opportunity to come back a couple of years from now on like mm-hmm. an all stars eight yeah. or nine and go, you know what? I was annoying back yes. then, but I have yes. grown as a performer. I yes. have grown as a human being. And that's why I deserve to be the next all star. Jan, Jan can't be there yet. Yeah. A hundred percent. Uh, little side note. I do love the part where Kylie and Raja are commiserating about their. <laughs> Their their performance, you know? Uh-huh. And Raja's like, yeah, they didn't really like me. And Kai's like, you know what? Ba- baby, you do you. Don't worry about what they think. <laughs> yeah. goes, no, I don't care what they think. She's like, it's, if you're in the bottom, it's okay. You know, you, you, you tried your best. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I know. I am totally happy with what I did. So just don't stress. Breathe, baby. Breathe. Breathe. You are good. You, I'm in your corner. I'm not stressed out. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what it felt like right there. You know, t- talking about what was going on in uh, the Elimination Day, they started talking about uh, witchcraft in the afterlife. And and uh, and that wasn't staged at all by producers uh, on a cover of <laughs> but, but do you have any thoughts on the afterlife, on witchcraft and whatnot? I will say this. Again, yeah. kind of bringing it back. I worked in hospice for 15 years. Yeah. So, and I had enough families that told me things that mm-hmm. the families didn't know each other and told mm-hmm. me things that I can't not believe that there is something beyond this plane of existence. Well, yeah. um, wh- whatever that is, we, we don't really know. Um, and I do know that I have been in New Orleans to the voodoo shop that is right on Bourbon Street, mm-hmm. uh, Marie Laveau's. And I walked in and immediately went, nope, this is not, I got weird energy and thought this is not where I want to be and turned around and said, I'll be out on the street if anybody needs me. Because it was just, there was a coming soon poster in there and it had Taylor's picture on it. (laughs) (laughs) Mine was, you too could buy a tail of the latte boy voodoo doll. Exactly. (laughs) Um, yeah, you know, I remember, I wish I should go do a, a, a crazy search for this guy. I remember it was a great article. I remember it was in the LA Times, I believe. And it was about, you probably know something about this because this is what you worked in. But the article was talking about the phenomena that it's very common for people who have terminal illnesses when they're in the loopy stage of it. That they start 
talking and talking about how they have to go mm-hmm. on a trip and they have to take a trip and they need to pack they start they have to pack their bags or someone's mm-hmm. waiting for them. Did you ever experience this? I know my friend's dad died last year and she didn't know about this and she was telling me like, Oh, he's rambling uh this is towards the end that he needs to go on a trip. And I was like, Oh <laughs> have yeah. you did you experience that? <laughs> Ooh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um yes, I did. I definitely did. I had lots of times where people would say Family members would say they just keep saying they're ready to go home, mm-hmm. but they are in their home. And I would have to do that. Um, no, they're not <laughs> in <Yeah>. their home. <laughs> yeah. This isn't what they see as home. Or I would have times where people would, we'd be sitting in the room and they would say, you know, dad's here. But the person sitting in the bed is like in their 80s. And we'd all say, your father's here. They would say, he's right there. And like pointing and as clear as clear as day that they're like yes he's sitting right there i can't why won't somebody say hi to him kind of thing um yeah so i mean and that could be for some people might say that's just your brain you know hallucinating Mm -hmm. but again i saw enough people saying things like that or having similar conversations with people who had passed on to not think there isn't something well on on a grander scale and then we'll move on to the looks on a grander scale meaning i get the last word on a grander scale, <laughs> this is a weird phenomenon. This is this is not me making it up. This is a noted thing that happens. When there have been major disasters when a lot of men – like, for instance, after World War One and World War II when a lot of men have died, mm-hmm. there's a weird thing where more men are born. It's usually around 50-50, but there's a more men are born for a period of time to comp- – like, the, 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 there's something a – lar- a higher force that puts things back in balance – Okay. It's, yeah, it's really, really strange. This is and this is a phenomenon that's known. Like, whenever there's something where, like, like again, a war, a major war, like World War Two, World War One, um, for a number of years, the 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 number because I think it's usually there are slightly more women born than men. Like, it's like fifty point five, forty nine point five, or something, right? Okay. But for a time, it'll be like fifty one, fifty two men. You know, uh, and it, 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 for a couple of years, it's really strange. It's almost like, like the, 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 the larger plan, so to speak. Uh, yeah. All right. Now it's time for the looks. Taylor Latte Boy, the way we're going to do it this season, the way we've been doing it this season, is we're going to go through the looks and you're going to tell me just a simple, and you can give a few comments here and there. People who, who are tuning in for the season is Taylor can go on and on about the looks. <laughs> I won't because it's late. So, no, I'm not going to go on about the looks. All right. First up, we have Ginger O'Hara. Ginger O'Hara. Ginger Ginger Minch. Yeah, Ginger O'Hara. It's my drag name. Ginger Minch. Tutor boot, Taylor the Latte Boy. Uh, I'm going to say this was a shoot. This was a toot. Yeah, I was just as kind of unsure, but I went towards boot, so that's the correct answer. Uh, (laughs) Eureka O'Hara. Tutor boot. Oh, toot. Absolute toot. It was yeah. awesome. It was a great, it was a great look using goth as the theme, but it was sexy goth. And on a big girl like that, I thought it was even, it was, it was a bold, awesome choice, too. All right. Correct. Next, we have Trinity K. Bonet. Toot or boot? Boot. I did not like this look at all. I thought it looked cheap. The correct answer is toot. Um, Raja O'Hara. Toot or boot? Toot. She looks sexy as fuck. The correct answer is boot. Uh, a curious <laughs> C- <laughs> Davenport, Tudor boot. Uh, 
shoot with reservation. This was, this was, it was, it was fun. It was, but it was, I, I didn't get the cross at the top. Mm-hmm. The cross should have been like upside down. That's, that was kind of my thought, but I could also see where that, that could create problems. I could see that being, a, a people taking umbrage with that. The correct answer is boot. Jan, uh, did you get a correct or wrong? You got toot or boot? I said toot. Oh, no. I said toot with reservation oh, for, yeah. uh, Akira. Okay. Jan, Tudor Boot. There were parts of Jan that I liked. Uh, I'm going to say Toot. The correct answer is Toot. Very good. Kylie, Kylie Sonique Love, Toot or Boot? I'm going to get raked over the coals for this. Uh, I I liked it. I thought it was it was fun, sexy demon. I like Kylie with the black hair and the red eyes and the, the I, I thought it was hot. The so I'm going to say is, toot. The correct answer is boot. I'm sorry. And then finally, <laughs> Pandora box, toot or boot? Uh, she was serving Haunted Mansion realness there. I am going to say that was a toot. Correct. Uh, well, yeah, the correct answer is toot. You got three correct, Taylor. Unfortunately, we usually have two hosts here instead of the winning competition, but I mean, you have three. I mean, the only thing is you have three. No. Yeah. Not very good. Uh, all right. Um, <laughs> let's talk about that maxi challenge, the final product. Uh, there's not really much to say. Most of it, we they, it's a strange one where we actually saw like 90% of it while they filmed it. But yeah. It was, it was so fucking long. Am I wrong? It was ridiculously long where I, I how do you, how long do you think that actually was? Six, seven minutes? Yeah. That's fine. I guess I would say six or seven minutes. Right. And they are usually three to four. Yeah. It would have been actually not as bad if it was three to four minutes. Yeah. It, it felt like they had too much that they wanted to jam in there or jam in there. Yeah. Um, and then the weird, like, like it definitely was an old queen. You talked about the Valley of the Dolls reference, but then out of nowhere, Joan Crawford shows up. Yeah. Because that's such a, that's such a timely pop culture reference that all the twinks at precinct are going to understand who that yeah. is. Mm hmm. Actually, it's just dumb. Precinct is more like a, a bear kind of. They would know what it is. I, oh, I don't okay. think I've ever seen a twink at Precinct. Maybe I'm sure you have. I'm sure they have a twink night. But um, yeah, you know, it was horrible. I already said it was horrible. Uh, it, it individual performances. Again, I'll say Pandora, Eureka, Ginger stood out as being great. Um, I actually didn't think Raja and Trinity were bad and that they were pretty good. Uh, the only, I mean, I will say Akira was pretty bad. Oh, we didn't even talk about this during the filming. I do love that Michelle was trying to find every way till Sunday to tell Akira to act more black, but didn't <laughs> know how to say it. She was like, we need right. more attitude. And Akira's like, what do you mean? Okay, so like, all right. Uh, You're annoying. And she's like, "Mm." notice Michelle didn't get up. Yeah, Michelle didn't get up and do that one. (laughs) 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 I think think she wanted, um, what was the name of the friend on Good Times? (laughs) Willoma? Yeah, she wanted Willoma. And and Akira wasn't picking that up. 
Right. Instead, she got Mrs. Garrett. Yeah, she got Mrs. <laughs> Garrett. And Michelle was trying to find out, how do I tell her to act more black? You know, but she didn't know how to do it. Um, yeah, but apart from that, I thought everybody, you know, I said this before on the show. That's sort of been the surprising thing is everybody is actually stronger than I anticipated they would be. Yes. Yes. Because even Kylie, who I didn't think was very good, wasn't god awful. She was just not as good compared to Pandora, Eureka, and Ginger. You mm-hmm. know? Um, same thing with Akira. Jan was annoying. Uh, alright, back on the main stage, Kylie's named the winner of the challenge. Meanwhile, Raja and Akira were placed in the bottom two. Back in the workroom, the girls deliberate about who they will vote for. Kylie meets with each of the queens before the other contestants vote for who they would send home. Back on the main stage... Manila Luzon enters as this week's lip sync assassin. She takes her spot and gets ready to duke it out with Kylie Sonique Love in a lip sync battle for their legacies. The song, Dirty by Christina Aguilera. In the end, Kylie Sonique Love is named the winner of the lip sync. Now on the spot, she pulls out the lipstick and reads the name. It's a curiosity Davenport who is the sixth girl to leave the competition and enter the game within the game. Taylor Latte Boy, we're going to talk about Untuck. We're going to talk about that lip sync, but do you have any final thoughts on the episode? episode uh i think that it was it was not my favorite episode of the season i think they've had some stronger episodes and some stronger things to kind of pull me in Mm -hmm. and i was just distracted by the goopery so not not i would give this episode of the season i would grade so far this would get a solid c okay i was okay i was i was whelmed with this episode (laughs) Yeah, you know, uh, going to the Untucked, it was Akira versus Raja. First of all, I didn't think Raja belonged there, but ultimately, at the end of the day, here's the deal. Even if, even if I actually would have put Kylie in the bottom instead of winning, right? But even if Kylie <laughs> would have been in the bottom, even, and take everything I said out before, Akira had to go home. She had been in the bottom three times. I think she knew it. She gave a fantastic speech in Untucked, but still, ultimately, you this is your third time in the bottom you know and i feel like the speech was if y'all vote for me i get it yeah she she almost seemed ready to go yeah kind of thing and what about the lip sync um i thought kylie was fun to watch i d- was a nervous wreck for underboob the entire time figuring one of the one or both of those nipples were just going to pop out of the bottom of that outfit yeah. mm-hmm. um And I also thought that for somebody who, you know, we have talked on this show that MacArthur Park is or was my all time favorite lip sync. I feel like I feel like that's been bumped down a little bit by some other ones. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought Manila was lackluster as far as her as far as her lip sync goes compared to Kylie. Now, I also know Kylie. I remember from her season, Kylie's known for the backflips and the splits and all the, you know. The pole work, as it were. Yeah. So I was expecting that to be great, but I was expecting Manila to pull out something, and she really didn't. But why would she? Going to the real all-stars in sports, I don't know if you know this, so people, a lot of people hate the all-star game in baseball because these people have multi-million dollar contracts, and the last thing their team wants is for them to get injured at the stupid fucking all-star game. So they sort of play like a lackluster game because they don't want to risk injury. So there are no stakes. And same thing with Manila. They should do the thing where the lip sync assassin gets the money if they if they win. You know, <laughs> that might be what they change it to. Yeah, yeah. that because then they, you know what Manila will fucking try. Why is she going to try? Nothing's going to happen if she doesn't try. 
Right. You I know? mean, because when you think, but when you think about that argument, you know, I feel like with where you've got Laganja a couple weeks ago, literally throwing herself off of a <laughs> yeah. out of the ceiling, yeah, and then you've got you know Brooklyn versus Raja, mm-hmm. you know, that felt like there was a they felt like they were giving their all there, whereas Manila just kind of seemed very like, okay, I'll I'll kickball change through the song and then yeah. get out of here. Well, we we already saw all her tricks with the cross-eyed and stuff like that. <laughs> um, you know, there's a thing that's been going around that they that there's a theory, and I actually subscribe to this theory that the producers, if they're they're like, notice that uh, a different girl has won every single episode. Is this some yep. sort of thing that they don't want it to be like last year, where it was so clearly Shea Coulee was the winner? So now we're going to have a, a different girl wins every single time. Mm-hmm. You- I could I could see that. Yeah, I could see that because because even though there are people who, as we talked about tonight, did better and have done better in the past, they're not necessarily always winning. Yeah. The problem with that, though, is eventually they're going to run out of girls like next Mm -hmm. week. You know, as they kind of said in the preview, the only two that haven't won anything yet are Eureka and Pandora, which pretty much telegraphs that either one of the two of them is going to win or both of them are going to be in the bottom. Yeah. And then that means that. There really isn't anybody left, I would, I would say, who, if one of them ends up being one of the last two that goes home, mm-hmm. then everybody, there is one winner per thing, which yeah. we still haven't gotten to what this game within a game is yet. Oh, yeah. I don't know what it is either. And I'm now I'm trying to wonder what it is. Cause first I'm thinking it's going to be like a, a last chance kitchen or second. What is it? What was that name of the thing? Last chance kitchen. That's, I was kind of thinking I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. It's funny you mentioned that because I thought of the same thing. I'm like, what if it becomes, especially because we just saw this in, um, with the last season of where they have a lip sync off for all of the girls who are still. So it goes from Serena versus who was the second one that went home? Jiggly. Jiggly. So Serena versus Jiggly. And whoever wins that one goes up against the next one, goes up against the next one, goes up against the next one. And that could be, that could be one episode just by itself. And could, you know, like where you don't see all of the the girls who are still in the game for one episode. They almost like remove it for remove them for one week. Here's what they should do. They should bring back the Santina Rice and this Merle Ginsburg. And they're the uh-huh. judges and the girls do basically a shadow runway. Because they brought the looks anyway. Yeah. You know, and they show off the looks and Santino and Merle count. And then at the end, they they consult with the judge and say who should come back to the competition based on these looks. Um, all right. Any other final thoughts on the episode, Taylor? No, no. I'm glad I got to do this with you. Oh, I'm glad I got to do it with you too. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next weekend every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race All Star Season Six. Very special uh, thanks to Tato the Latte Boy from Pod is My Co-Pilot, a show that you can get anywhere that you get your podcasts. Um. So for Tate of the Latte, I was gonna say something mean, but I was like, man, you were nice. So for Tate of the Latte <laughs> Boy <laughs> and myself, sashay away until next week. Thank you for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at afterthought.media. 
You can also leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash afterthoughtmedia. For more drag race and LGBTQ content, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. Lori has another podcast. It's called Bloody Podcast, and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Lori Roggenkamp on Instagram at Lori You Liar. You can follow Adam Salandra on Instagram at Adam Salandra. Follow Joe Batanz on Instagram at Joe Batanz. This episode was produced by Luke Stamen. Very special thanks to these expensive tier Patreon supporters. Emma. Declan Prosser. E. Smith. Ricardo Herrera. April Pacheco. Lionel Campbell. Poppy Woods. Lauren Eckert. Sarah Yu. Agnesa Chopinska. Travis Newland. Jimmy Kilbasa. Nutella. Jesse Harris. Coco San Pedro. Spiral Queen. Zach Nelson. Brad Coley. Drew Brooks. Tom Bombs. Lucy Carrasco. Astute Girl. Humble Pie. Troy Anderson. Nicholas Alexander Springham. Poppy Woods. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast.